jasoncharles.net. Deep talk, deep sounds. This is Body Tonic Radio with Jennifer DeLuca on jasoncharles.net. Welcome to Body Tonic Radio. I'm your host, Jennifer DeLuca, and today I am sitting with Ainsley Kirschenbaum. She is a clinical nutritionist, and she specializes in hormonal balance and nutrition. She is also a personal trainer who works with busy people, busy parents, to feel good in their bodies, and with women to help repair their abdominal separation after birth. She is a strong advocate of health at every size and a participant in the body positive movement. She lives in Brooklyn with her husband and her two daughters, and I am so lucky to have her with me today. So happy to be here. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is the type of degree that you have, because when we first met, you mentioned that you were a nutritionist, but then you also had an additional explanation behind that, and I would love for you to share that with our listeners. Yeah, so nutritionists are not necessarily licensed in New York State, so a lot of people can just sort of call themselves a nutritionist. I have my master's degree in human nutrition. There are a lot of people who have uh, a registered dietitian credential, which is a bachelor's degree, which is a great credential. And it's certified by the American Dietetics Association. Um, I'm not a registered dietitian. So typically those people are who work in hospitals or other institutional settings. So I have a different degree. It's a master's of science and that's where the credential is. There's a lot of people in New York City who are holistic health counselors, which is a certification degree, a year-long program, which is also something different. So I like to tell people that I have the background in science. Mm -hmm. So what was it about that that made you pursue that avenue when it comes to nutrition? What? Why were you like, this is the kind of study that I want to have when it comes to nutrition? I really wanted to dig deep into the biochemistry of metabolism. I think that there's a lot of information and misinformation about food and we are all surrounded by so much noise that's basically advertising dollars at work from big food companies and no one is really immune to that. Doctors are not immune to that. So I wanted to, for my own education, have a much better handle on looking at food as chemicals and what those chemicals do in your body and how we metabolize them. I love that. I think that's so awesome because it also um, leads me to think about individuality and food. Exactly. You know, I watched something that Kanye West was in and he, he instead of using the word diet, he calls it a livet. <laughs> Totally. (laughs) And, um, and I thought that that was very, I thought that that was very cool. But I really feel also in my work that somebody's endeavor to get healthy is a very creative process. It is something that has to do with who they are, you know, and we're starting with who they are. And that's a very individual pursuit. So, um, you know, one diet isn't like the one diet that's good for everybody. Well, and, and also everyone defines health different things. And so I remember sometimes I also work at the YMCA and and sometimes um, I'm a group fitness instructor there. And sometimes we, when we're taking a client intake or a new member intake, we'll ask them what's their biggest priority. And for some people, it's stress management. For some people, it's getting more sleep. For some people, it's, you know, having the energy to chase a subway while pushing a stroller, whatever it is, it means something different. So 
for a lot of people, it's not even thinking about diet or not diet primarily. So I think that I'm sure you see this in your work all the time that you can never come to a client with a prescription or I know how to fix you. I call it an agenda. Right, right. Our agenda doesn't matter. What we need to do is listen to what the client right. says. And that's also, I feel like a big part of body positivity is letting people seek out what they want and what health means for them. And that is valid. And we trust them to work through that. I love all of that. And I wanted to talk a little bit today about the complications of the choices that people make with their food. And, you know, this year I'm really focused on joy. And when I think about food and joy, it seems to have so many more layers to it. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to watch a comedy on TV or, you know, listen to a a funny joke or whatever, or if you want to look at a beautiful sunset, you know, those things don't have like calorie consequences or um, stir up. I mean, they probably change something chemically in your body just because you're feeling good. But I think people somehow got used to this idea that if it's delicious, that it's bad for you. And, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't have, you know. So can you talk a little bit about food enjoy and some of the complications in that because I it's many layers there are many layers there so I remember reading a study years ago that compared American women to French women and it was like a word association and it was like what comes to mind when you think of chocolate cake (laughs) and American women said guilt and French women said celebration oh and I find that so poignant right because part of that is just our food system going back to that like Anywhere you go, be it a grocery store or a gas station or Michael's Craft Supply, there's candy and candy and candy everywhere. So it's so available. So we have a really hard time delineating when we're having a celebration and when it's just every day. And then I also think that a lot of the stuff that's out there and on the market doesn't actually taste all that good. And Halloween is a great example of this, of like going trick-or-treating, getting all this candy, and then you unwrap it and you're like... I don't really taste that great, but I have so much of it and I'm so excited about it. I'm going to keep eating it or, you know, all of these things. You have fond memories of from childhood of like the Snickers bar and it doesn't taste the same way now because your tastes have evolved. Right. So I think it's multifaceted and that goes back to the individual having to search out what actually does taste good to them and what brings you joy. And maybe it is this special, maybe it is a Snickers bar. Maybe that does it for you and you love it and you enjoy it savor it, enjoy it, have it. Mm. But for a lot of people, if you can get back in touch with what you're eating, why you're eating it, how it makes you feel, you'll become a little bit more selective. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I totally get that thing about the taste evolving. Cause I mean, there was a time when I loved like hostess Susie Q's. <laughs> and I think if I ever ate one of those, would, um, and I do think that also people don't understand that it's okay I mean it's okay to eat something that's delicious you know right and one of the things that I love about your take on food is your chocolate for breakfast so can you talk a little bit about chocolate for breakfast so I don't drink coffee um and starting the mornings and I have two young kids and you just need a little joy in your life (laughs) so I do I have chocolate I carry 85% 85% dark chocolate with me at all times, not in the summer in New York. Yes. All over. Yes. You hear that, everybody? <laughs> but I have it in my purse at all times because you never know when you're going to have a chocolate emergency. And 
my kids have chocolate for breakfast. The, the running joke that is absolutely true is that my older daughter said chocolate before she said mama. Like it was her <laughs> third word. Um, and I, I have no guilt about that. I feel like the, the dark chocolate has some magnesium in it. It has some iron in it. It has some fiber in it, but it also tastes delicious and feeds my soul and makes me ready to start my day in a happier place. Mm-hmm. And so... We have chocolate for breakfast yeah, a lot. I, I love that so much. Sometimes it's just a piece of chocolate, dark chocolate. Sometimes we have chocolate chips in banana bread or in pancakes, or I have chocolate powder in my smoothie. It's just a, a thing that we do. And then it also sets up the day where you know you've had it, you know you can have it. And so it's not like I'm just reaching for it you know, later in the day or at night or like I got to get home and then I yeah. have my chocolate. And right. it's like a secret hidden obsession. Yeah, right. It's out there and done. It's just integrated. It's integrated. And I think that the joy with food also gets wrapped up in shame. And a lot of people, women in particular, but I think Americans as a whole, are all collectively trying to lose weight because we feel like we should be. And so when we eat something that we perceive as bad, then we have shame around it. And so that interferes with the joy. But it also interferes with Am I going to eat this in public? Am I going to let my friends see me eat this? Am I going to let, am I going to eat chocolate ice cream in front of my new boyfriend? I don't know. And it just messes with your head. Yeah. In a way that interferes with the joy. Yeah. So I think that if we have chocolate for breakfast, Done. it's out in the open <laughs> and we can just enjoy it. There was a, t- I mean, I've fed my son ice cream for breakfast on occasion just like I open the fridge I'm like I don't know I have ice cream you know it's got some <laughs> calcium it's got some right. sugar it's got some good fat for a little kid and it needs to be running around you know why and he was like so happy to have ice and cream for breakfast he was so happy yeah right. he was so and he was so right we had a joyful yes morning right um so talking about joy also I think I had mentioned this to you at some point and I I would love to hear you talk about it is you know there's a lot of talk out there about like food and depression would you talk about that a little bit So I think going back to when you were asking me about my credential, I think there is a lot of talk about food can heal you. And if you follow this Instagram influencer, they're going to tell you about this special miracle food or this superfood or this supplement that they're taking that's going to cure all your problems. And depression is a serious illness that should be treated as a serious illness. And if you have symptoms of depression, you should see your doctor. That said, there are some empirical studies that show that increasing nutrient-dense foods in your life will help all your systems function better, including your mental health. So plenty of healthy fats, plenty of fiber-rich foods, particular fruits and vegetables are all going to help support mental health. Exercise is another one that can help boost endorphins. I don't think it should be the primary cure Mm -hmm. for mental health issues, but it can help be a good adjacent self-care. Yeah, agreed. And I just know, too, I'll never forget um, this moment that I had when I was in college when we were about to perform, we were about to dance, and the choreographer bought us all pizza. And I ate this pizza, and I was like, I felt like my body had been filled with rocks. I was like, why did they buy us pizza? Like, it so was not going to get the job done. It was really a poor choice in foods to eat before having to do something that required me to have my energy up. That said, I love pizza. Um, But maybe that's a good segue to asking you a little bit, too, about food and fitness, like really purposeful eating for people who maybe want to run or, you know, maybe they worked all day and then they know they want to go for a run, so they eat a bar or something like what are some 
things they should look for with those kinds of quick bursts of energy foods? Yeah, so for sports nutrition, we recommend eating an hour to several hours before a workout. So this is a a bio um, individuality issue as well. So for me, I can't work out on a full stomach. I have to either first thing in the morning go before breakfast or wait two hours is my general rule. Um, For some people, I know they can have like a banana right before they start exercising and they feel fine. So again, it's going to be about what works well for you. Typically, you want something that has a some complex carbohydrates. That's what's going to give you energy, but it's going to be sustained energy. So complex carbohydrates would be like a whole grain or something that's going to be a little slower to digest in your body versus a quick hit of sugar. So fruit is a great example because it has some fiber in it. Sometimes that'll just be not enough food to anchor you. So if you want to have some like apple and peanut butter or Mm -hmm. whole grain bread with some cheese or something like that to have a little bit of fat and protein before you exercise, great. Uh, bars can be a fine choice. I tend to always want to recommend whole real food over something that you're going to open from a package. But if that's all you have in a pinch, fine. Yeah. If you just have the deli on the corner and 10 minutes to run in there to grab something and go back to work or whatever, then that could get you through. Yeah. And I would say you want to look at the bar nutrition label and you want to see is sugar the first ingredient. If it is, it's probably not going to serve you as well as if like whole oats or nuts are the first ingredient Mm -hmm. yes yeah Yeah. and there are certain brands that probably focus more on that you are listening to body tonic radio i'm your host jennifer deluca and we are talking with ainsley kirschenbaum so you're talking about the what did you call it bio individuality bio individuality okay in ayurvedic health we have the doshas right right Have you dabbled in that at all? Or do you know anything about that? Some of our listeners might be interested in something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think Ayurveda is a beautiful ancient tradition that has some great tidbits. I know the doshas, they're like three main body types and people can fit themselves into that if that resonates with them. Mm -hmm. Again, back to the bio individuality, I think that what works for you is something that resonates with you and that helps you move through the world with feeling good and energized and not crappy about yourself. I mean, that's the thing is that you can tell. I mean, you're living in your instrument. (laughs) You know, you're the best judge of whether or not something is working. And I think it's really important that people keep that in mind that health is an individual journey and that we start really with appreciating ourselves and a self-care and a self-love. And through that, we develop self-awareness and then we become more mindful. So you mentioned that you help people to do more mindful eating. Could you talk about that a little bit? Like how you help people through that process? Well, I think back to the Snickers bar as an example. I think that mindful eating is paying attention to what you're eating and what the sensations are in your body. It's also about paying attention to what you want. So a lot of diets will prescribe, you just make a plan and you stick to the plan. And that can be useful for some people. It does take the joy out of things, right? Because then you're like, well, I don't really feel like it, but tonight's chicken and broccoli and rice and that's what right, I'm having. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It might be useful for you as, you know, if you have a busy life and you have to plant, fine. But there is a time if you want to tap into the mindful eating where you really sit with yourself and ask, what am I hungry for? Mm. Why am I hungry for that? How is it going to make me feel? Okay, I'm going to go for it. And now I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to look at my food. I'm going to smell it. 
I'm going to put it in my mouth, let a little bit dissolve on my tongue, see what the sensations are. And I've done this for myself because I have a huge sweet tooth and I will, that's how I've discovered I don't really like Snickers bars that much. They don't really do it for me the way that I sort of perceive them too. And it can be a really useful tool to tune in. And the, the more exaggerated of a version you do of it at first, I think the the better you'll get at identifying cues in your body so that you can approach life if you practice this mindful eating for a few weeks. Then moving forward, you can make better choices quicker mm-hmm. because you've practiced the mindfulness and you know, you're like, oh, right, that doesn't really make me feel that great. I don't really feel like self-awareness now that you can work from. And you can also then, if you're at a party and you see something and you take a bite and you're like, "Mm, not really what I want. And you can put it down instead of just mindlessly eating it. Because you also hear from people like, I don't even know what happened. The the pizza's gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is sort it can be sort of like a nervous tick if you're in a social situation to keep like putting your hand in the bowl. Um, and I'm sure everybody's done that. But I love this idea of being like, um, am, I enjo- am I enjoying this? If I'm not mm-hmm. enjoying this food, then I don't want to eat it. Like, I'm just going to wait until I cook another thing or I, I'm going to go buy another thing and eat that thing. I mean, sometimes I bring food to work a lot with me. And I, I want to ask you for your tips for eating on the go. But I rarely, if ever, leave work to go get food. I usually have it with me. And, you know, sometimes it might, I'm just eating for efficiency. Right. So there's that. Um, But really, when you think of the the grand scheme of your life and food and how it's integrated into your life, that you should should be enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, and not all the time. Yeah. Um, And I think that there are instances where you have to learn to enjoy things. Yeah. So also, I think that it's important to eat fruits and vegetables. Not all of them. There are going to be some that you really don't like, and that's fine. But there are some things that you should try a few times. And maybe you try to cook them a little bit of a different way. Maybe you add cheese. Maybe you add butter. Maybe you add some oil to make Spices it. Spices. Exactly. Yeah. Make it more palatable and make it something that you can look forward to. But that also is going to provide your body with some energy and nutrients that it needs. I think that developing sort of a food uniform for yourself that you know these foods taste good to me. I look forward to eating them. They fuel my body well and I feel good throughout the day can be a really useful exercise yeah and I and I it's funny because as I do it more and more at work I see more and more of my coworkers doing it too you know like <laughs> and it's frankly great for budget because you yeah. know the amount of money that you spend eating out versus how much you spend if you bring your own food absolutely and it's huge. also like a stressor for me like if mm. I had to run out and wait in line in a store I actually right. start getting really stressed out about getting back to work so it's just calming to have it there so I want to ask you when you go to the store when you go food shopping um, and you pick things up and you're looking at the labels I'm assuming that you look at the labels right you, are you a label well now you know the foods probably yeah. that you're your go-to foods but let's say you were um, schooling some yeah. people who don't do that what would you tell them to be looking for so there's a lot again it, it based on their goals right so some people are looking for ingredients that they're sensitive to we have so many food allergies and food sensitivities some people are really trying to reduce their sugar i do a lot about that so then a classic example is going to the grocery store looking at all the marinara sauces or the pasta sauces and you're going to choose the one that has the least amount of sugar because there can be a huge range from like three grams of sugar per serving to 12. so interesting you know, it depends on what you're looking for also. So if you're looking at a 
pasta or a processed grain product, you might want to look at the fiber that's in there. You want to choose the one that has a higher fiber, but maybe also one that doesn't have a psyllium husk. So psyllium would be a fiber supplement that sometimes food manufacturers add to food, which might cause some GI distress. So you want to look at ingredients. Are there naturally occurring? Is that fiber coming from whole grains and whole oats versus a supplement? It can be complicated. Really interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned the sugar on the tomato sauce, and um, that reminded me, I really want to ask you about sugar purge. This is something that you came up with, and um, I'm, I really am so curious about like the process of like taking sugar out of my diet. So would you talk about that a little bit? So the sugar purge is 12 days of limited sugar, more nutrient-dense whole foods. Um, and it's designed for people who have the goal of reducing sugar in their life for whatever reason. And then I provide dietary guidelines and some food suggestions, but individuals tailor it to how they want to work. So we can have people following the paleo diet. We can have vegans. You can have all sorts of food preferences and still follow the sugar purge. I developed it because I personally had to really reduce my sugar intake. Uh, In 2007, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovary syndrome, which is a hormonal imbalance that I was able to heal with dietary changes. Before that, I was what one would consider a very healthy vegetarian, but I was eating a ton of pasta. I was eating a ton of cereal. I was eating a ton of like sweetened yogurt. And all of those things were just spiking and crashing my blood sugar levels. Mm -hmm. So I started eating meat and stopped eating processed grains. And it was, you know, a year long process of sort of changing my diet gradually. But I, I did cut out the sugar cold turkey. Mm-hmm. like went to my freezer and threw away all my ice cream. <laughs> um, and and what I found is that I am now eating so much more diversity of foods. And I'm still eating my chocolate. I still, there's still joy of food in my life. And I have chocolate every day and I have chocolate covered almonds and I eat all of those things. But because the bulk of my diet is not spiking my blood sugar levels and crashing it down, then those treats can really be treats that I can still maintain hormonal balance and feel good. Mm. So often people want to reduce their sugar because they are recognizing that sugar is taking the place of other nutritious foods in their life. So of the traditional American diet, if you're having cold cereal and skim milk for breakfast and then maybe, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on white bread for lunch and then pasta for dinner, you haven't gotten a lot of inherent nutrients in those meals. None of them are bad. None of them are something that you shouldn't eat. But over time, overall, you're missing a big nutrient profile. Mm -hmm. So trying to look at those things and how can we make them more nutrient dense, more based on real whole foods that still feel good to you and still can fit in your lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. And so how will I, like if I do the sugar purge, what would that look like for me on day one? And what would it look, you know, like just to give me a little bit more. So day one, you would want to Uh, isolate your goals. And so a lot of times people are like, I want to lose some weight or I want to give up sugar or I know I should do this. I should, should, should. So we want to get, take out the should noise and look (laughs) at what do you actually really want to accomplish? Yeah. How do you want to feel? Yeah. What do you want to be eating? Some people are like, oh, I actually want to be eating more vegetables. Okay, great. So here's some suggestions on like, here's a ton of recipes that are from the internet, not from me. Yeah. That these People say they're delicious, so why don't you try it? Yeah. So day one is you making some changes. So, you know, you find a breakfast that 
you can try mm-hmm. and see how it goes. See mm-hmm. how you feel. See how you felt eating it. See mm-hmm. how you feel throughout the day afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, lunch and snacks. Maybe you're, um, I had one person who the only thing they did on the sugar purge was reduce the amount of sugar they were putting in their morning coffee from four sugars to two sugars. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But still, they like started their day probably as a different human. And and how much sugar is that over the course of a year? Yeah. Huge. Huge point. Yeah. Yes. And that was what their goal was and they did it and amazing. Yeah. And I think also like people, um, when they think of quick, they are very limited into what the, you know, as to what that means. So in other words, like I'll make five hard boiled eggs on a Sunday and there's nothing quicker than like grabbing one of those. Totally. <laughs> but people think quick is like cereal in a bowl. Right. Um, right. Right. Or I love to get salmon, you know, like locks. Right. And I'm like the word, you know, like, you know, the, the typical like drinking orange juice out of a container or whatever. I don't do that, but I eat salmon right out of the pack- <laughs> package with my fork. Right. I right. cut it open and just stick a fork right in it. Right. We do that with deli turkey. Yeah. My house. Yeah. Yeah. Out of the package. yeah. We know we're going through the whole package. Yeah. And I actually love um, like mango and cottage cheese. Like there's nothing quicker than taking a right. sp- spoon of that and you know a couple of slices of the mango i usually don't cut though because that's actually the time consuming part i buy usually pre-cut, pre-cut. mango i don't do that with many foods but mango for some reason i haven't nailed how to how to do that so another question i wanted to ask you was what do you recommend i know you work with a lot of families you know a lot of that has to do with where we live we live in right. park slope it's a big big family place a, a lot of working professionals though people are busy you know yeah. in general so there's eating on the go but there's also trying to make meals for multiple palates uh, my kids now are 13 and 11 and they've always had great palates so I've been very lucky but I know what it's like to have you know my friends have kids they're like all they'll eat for lunch is a chocolate croissant you know or whatever so what are some tips you can give people who have to feed multiple palates I think you feed them what they'll eat first of all and then approach change in small increments so maybe your chocolate croissant lunch kid maybe just throw in some raspberries with the chocolate croissant oh smart and then move from there and then once they've (laughs) accepted raspberries then you could throw in some cashews (laughs) yeah you know we do this in my house too we have certain nights of the week where it's just a free-for-all i don't get home till seven my husband brings home salads for he and i the kids have pizza yeah and that's every tuesday night and then there's other nights where i do have time and so i'll prepare a meal that everyone will eat and it's taken eight years of parenting now to find a meal that everyone in my family will eat yeah what is that meal bacon wrapped chicken (laughs) nice bacon wrapped chicken i like it broccoli nice and sometimes rice nice and everyone will eat that different variations of it different ratios of it right (laughs) but everyone will eat all of those things um and then again sometimes on bacon wrapped chicken night i will throw in sweet potatoes (gasps) yeah maybe the kids will eat Sweet potato, or maybe my husband will try sweet potatoes that night, and maybe yeah. not, and that's fine. But if you're introducing new things, incremental, you also have to again let go of the shoulds and go with what is realistic. Because if you are aiming for some idealistic should, I should be doing this, you are going to fail, and then you're going to feel bad about it, and then you're not going to try again. Yeah. So, you know, having having go tos on the go that you you know your kids will eat, that you know you can make do with fine um another cheat i will do is sometimes i add protein powder to the mac and cheese 
just to get a little bit more something something in there yeah Yeah. the only way my older daughter eats vegetables is in a smoothie so yes we i put cauliflower in the smoothie no one tastes it she knows it's there i'm not hiding it from her yeah Yeah. but there's banana and peanut butter and chocolate and so it's delicious she's happy and then i feel like okay you got some vegetables today Mm -hmm. i think always remembering that perfection is the enemy of good yes and that we are i I say that all the time at work right yeah we are always (laughs) just trying to be good enough yeah just do good enough yeah and then you're gonna feel good enough and you're not gonna walk around feeling like a failure or like you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing there's no perfection no such thing it has to be in a context yeah well I want to thank you so much for being here today and I want to thank you so much too for reminding everybody about bacon because bacon really (laughs) is and you can get vegan bacon you can you you get forms of bacon that are you know everybody can agree on but um yes bacon um and it's very quick and bacon rack chicken is very quick and easy in the oven it's quick that's what we need quick and easy and are there any cookbooks maybe make it throw a cookbook out that that you use a lot you know I I honestly don't use cookbooks I love um I love the minimalist baker okay uh blog i love um chocolate covered katie which is all vegan desserts there you go. that are made out of healthy food so like a cookie dough dip that's the base is beans nice that my kids have for breakfast several times a week i like smitten kitchen great there's so many blogs out there with great recipes i think it's good for you to cut through some of the noise though like i think people need resources that they can trust and coming from you someone who's going to scrutinize what you know you're looking at yeah is is really important well thank you for all that and will you tell everybody where um we can find you too like your website my website is ainsleykirschenbaum.com should i spell it yes please a y n like nancy s like sam l e y k i r S like Sam, H E N like Nancy, B like boy, A U M like mother dot com. <laughs> You've had to say that a lot. A lot, yes. <laughs> and then also sugarpurge.com. Yeah. For okay. information on the sugar purge. Great. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this is Jennifer DeLuca from Body Tonic Radio on JasonCharles.net. Body Tonic Radio with Jennifer DeLuca jasoncharles.net jasoncharles.net deep talk deep sounds that was so deep